Hello and welcome to the 44th episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I am Jordan. And, of course, a very happy Pokemon Day to those who celebrate the important holidays of the year. Yeah, I got a lot out of it. Not sure if it was good or bad, but I got a lot out of it. <laughs> yeah, it remains to be seen. We'll find out come November, I suppose. Um, before we jump in today, uh, a few at-the-top announcements. Uh, first off, I wanted to say that if you do like what we do and want to support us, uh, please consider leaving a like or a comment or whatever on the platform of your choosing. Subscribe or follow us on Again, the platform where you're choosing if you want to see more. I'm told that those things really help us grow, so we would, of course, really appreciate that a lot. Furthermore, we decided that regardless of the volume that we get, we plan to start reading comments and emails on the show. For the moment, and Jordan, feel free to chime in with any additionals that you have on the top of your head. Uh, but the only rule that I can think of for the moment is don't be a jerk. Uh, if you're rude, we probably won't read your comment. Yeah, no bummers. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, if you have new chapter opinions, recommendations, questions, what have you, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, in that vein, I figure for the moment we would just do them at the top of the show, since it's probably just going to be like one or two yeah. <laughs> going forward. Sure. Um, if the volume gets more than that then maybe we'll put it in the middle but for the moment uh just one comment from last episode uh from a stime time on youtube uh it reads hello and welcome to the great chain a bioshock podcast i'd love to chat with you guys about it sometime likely in reference to how we said last week we were having a a right terrible time in the early bioshock days yeah, we got past the scariest bits, though, so good for us. Yeah, now that it's like, now that we've seemingly seen all the mechanics the game has to offer, uh, not quite as spooky as it was in the early days, but uh, still mildly nightmarish. Yeah, and I'm sure they'll step it up for uh, the second one when we get to that, but... Uh, That's true. That might be a little bit, we'll see. <laughs> Indeed. Um. But with all that stuff out of the way, we'll be jumping into chapter 1041, then later chapters 501 through 513. Is this one big punch that hits both of them? <laughs> that's been my headcanon of it so far. <laughs> I think that's the best way to read it, so anyone who says anything else is just wrong. I mean... Yonji's face has had a history of just kind of being stuck in the way that it's been hit. Mm. So maybe it's two punches. Maybe the Yonji thing happened a few moments before that. But uh, certainly more fun to think about it this way, for sure. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, don't have too much to say about this. Uh, neat that Pudding is getting back at them when yeah. Sanji couldn't. Yeah, feels good. Uh, and the slime man is there. That feels great. Oh, yeah. I love that little hat. He looks great. I remember the days back when Whole Cake Island was running weekly. Uh, people suspected that he had a little bit of a Capone soul in him. But uh, now we'll never know. Mm, my guess is no. <laughs> uh, any particular basis for that guess or just not nope, feeling? moving on. <laughs> Understood. Uh, chapter 1041, Kamurasaki. Starting off uh, not with Kamurasaki, as it turns out, but in fact, her younger brother, currently in the form of Giant Pink Dragon. Uh, talking about Zunisha. Uh, apparently, like we suspected, Zunisha has come to help Momonosuke fight. You can see that the world government ships down there are causing a ruckus, freaking out about big elephant situation. Uh, fair enough. No shame in that. <laughs> I, I would be in the same boat. It's just so big. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's, and, I mean, it's spooky in other ways. Like, it's, it, does it have eyes? We don't. I mean, maybe. I assume it has to, but can't see them. They're just so sunken. 
just like his legs. <laughs> yeah, how long are those things? Uh, long as heck. Terrifying. Oda's drawn like an anatomical image of what Zunisha's legs look like beneath the ocean, and they are comically long. That is so scary. Oh, boy. Yeah. One day. One day we'll get back at him for what he's done with, with this elephant situation. Uh, but Yamato, pretty hype about this. Like, oh, you really are the one that's going to guide the world to the dawn. Uh, seemingly linking uh, the ability to control Zunisha to Joy Boy in some capacity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but uh, most notably, apparently, uh, before dying... Odin removed the most pertinent pages out of his uh, journal, the ones detailing the events on Laugh Tale, uh, which made sense. Um, and it also adds credence to the idea of Yamato joining the crew, uh, because a lot mm. of people's uh, one point down for Yamato argument is that it would not be great as someone who literally knows the secret of the One Piece <laughs> to be on the ship. Yeah, that would but, be you know, an odd dynamic. Indeed. Uh, and I agree, that would be strange, but uh, apparently it's a non-issue. Yamato does not know the secrets, and neither does Momonosuke. This works for me. I, I mean, yeah, I'm glad Odin had the forethought. He's, you know, a, a weirdly smart man, so this checks out. <laughs> Indeed. Got a lot of brains in that weird, weirdly shaped head. <laughs> uh, but that same guidebook has kind of caused Momonosuke to go into crisis mode for a hot second. Uh, understandably, considering all the horrors he's seen in the outside world. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't quite understand why Odin was so insistent that Wano's borders be opened. Uh, because to Momonosuke, that just seems like it would be exposing the people of Wano to additional dangers. Uh, which is fair, and I'm glad that Momonosuke is having this like inner conflict about this situation. Because again, he's been outside, and he knows what terrible people are there. What with the world government and people like Kaido and the like. Um, just not sure if this is the appropriate moment to be having this discussion. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's got another pretty important job, mm -hmm. but... And he's he's doing it at the same time, it seems, but I just feel like that brain power would be better used, uh, thinking of a way out of your current predicament, big guy. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and he's He's been, like you said, he's been through a lot. He's kind of an adult now. And he has to pretend to make adult decisions. But he's still a kid. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, He's going to have crisis on top of crisis. Yeah, he, that's a good point. He is still a child in mind. So all these, like, piling up dilemmas flashing through his head in this moment of crisis pretty much checks out. Yeah. You get a pass on this one moment, okay? <laughs> you got lucky, kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we pop in to the third floor. Uh, apparently, this fight was called the Battle of the Connecting Passage, obviously, where uh, Fukurokuju, he's looking pretty bad. <laughs> That's uh, a pretty brutal <laughs> panel of him burning to death on the floor. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not upset about seeing it, right? But I also <laughs> am disturbed by it. Indeed. Uh, Raizo's not doing too much better. He's not literally dead, but he is on fire, which isn't great. Uh, fortunately for him, a man well-equipped to deal with such situations arrives just in the nick of time. Yeah, Raizo does fall down and, you know, is having an even worse time. But yeah, he's <laughs> he's going to be okay, everyone. It's fine. Yeah, it, it's not hot, he says, so nothing to worry about. It's just the trip that is to be concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> Um, notably here, he does comment to Jimbei, the preparations were already complete. Uh, do you think that is in reference to something that he and perhaps the other scabbards did? Is he talking about, like, the plan to light the castle on fire? What is, what are these preparations that he's referring to? I really don't know. This is one thing that 
caught me off guard in this chapter. Like, I don't know if he's even talking about their plans or the enemy plans or what. Like, he sees Jinbei and he's like, oh yeah, you're with you're with Luffy. That's great. Gotta go fast. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. I was reckless, though, and someone's prepared. Yeah. Like, I don't see the connecting tie there. I mean, it sounds like he's saying, oh man, the preparations are done, so we gotta hurry to, like, complete the plans, but this is the first we're hearing about it. If he's got, you know, schemes, a scheming. Yeah, what plan? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They couldn't have thought of this, whatever this is, prior to, like, the Kaido battle, because they were all expecting to die up there. And there wasn't a whole lot of time to, like, concoct a scheme uh, after, because, like, Odin burst in, and or quote-unquote Odin burst in, and there was a whole ruckus going on. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what's going on with this Rizo lad going forward. And again, he could just be talking about, like, Orochi's plan to burn down the place and escape. Yeah, could be. <laughs> uh, we'll find out uh, soon, I'm sure. Uh, speaking of Orochi, though, we have to check in on him for a couple pages, apparently. Kamurasaki is the chapter title, so gotta check in with her. Fair enough. Uh, and Orochi comes with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> and he's in a bad way, so that works for me. Yeah, the dude is like, <laughs> now that enough time has passed that he's like thinking a little bit straighter after the initial shock and joy that Kamurasaki has reappeared. He's a little bit more concerned and suspicious about it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some rocks fall and crush the man. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fortunate, actually, if you ask me. I mean, certainly for you and I, and for most of the you know, relevant characters in this arc. But uh, as far as he's concerned, not feeling great about it, I'm sure. No. Uh, unfortunately for him, again, he can't transform because Kamurasaki did something with a sea prism stone nail. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> she was sure to use them. That's for sure. My assumption is that she, like, slipped it in with some sake, and because his head-slash-mouth-slash-throat is just so dang big, he just gulped it down and didn't even notice. But, uh... Sure. The fact that it specifies she used a nail. Yeah. Like, Does it have to do with what fell on him? Like, nails in the building of this? That... Hmm. But that would imply that she, like specifically planned for that bit of the ceiling to fall on him well i mean <laughs> she has been sitting here calm as all hell while the castle's been falling apart and has just been playing her instrument like I, that's true how would she plan for that though? i that's don't very... know <laughs> this whole sequence is a little bit strange to me yeah the level of like the degree to which kamurasaki was involved with oroshi being crushed is confusing to me and how she incapacitated him with a nail i also don't know but uh this bit doesn't end here so uh we'll find out sooner rather than later uh we have some back and forth for a hot second uh oh man i don't actually love you orochi uh surprise i am the daughter of odin <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> yeah there it is and he is downright spooked by this revelation it's good art. <laughs> I love seeing Orochi just <laughs> uh, shocked to the max, really. Yeah, he shows a variety of deeply distressed faces throughout this three-page uh, mini-arc here. Yeah. And uh, I enjoy every one. He's bleeding in some of these panels. Feels <laughs> Pretty good. dope. <laughs> like Fuck it a this lot. Guy. <laughs> uh, but does seem like Orochi's time is coming soon. There's no one left to protect him. Uh, the only one who even had any remaining interest in doing so is burning to death a few floors, uh, one floor above, as it turns out. Uh, and he always got a grudge. So, <laughs> R.I.P. Orochi. Or so I hope. I really hope so. The Sea Prism 
makes me uh, more hopeful than ever. Mm-hmm. We, it hasn't actually been stated that like the extent to which uh, Orochi can regenerate based on like the number of heads he has or whatever. That's just kind of been headcanon up until now. But that's a non-factor if there's Sea Prism Stone involved. So that feels good. Not for him, but yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, then we pop into the basement where uh, Izo has off-screened his fight with CP0 and has performed much better than any of their opponents thus far, injuring the one from the looks of things and uh, getting a, a double knockout with the one who holds up a mask to his face. Uh, yeah, I mean, really held, in, held himself up here. Like, he was already not looking great. He... I probably won't die, right? But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't expect so. Yeah, these guys were, and probably still are, very spooky. Um, the ones with masks are meant to be stronger, is that right? Yeah, the ones who wear masks are supposed to be like the elites of CP0, who are already like the cream of the crop, supposedly. Okay, well... Now... Granted, this one has, or these two, have already been in a uh, tussle previously with uh, Apu and Drake. Yeah. But, uh, that, I they seem they... to handle that relatively effortlessly. Yeah, agreed. Which makes the fact that Izo is able to take one down is a little bit curious. Yeah, it's, Cause yeah, it's true. Drake went into that fight relatively fresh, right? He had clashed with Apu for a bit, um, but aside from that, hasn't had really any conflict in the Onigashima War, right? And he seemed to be like easily dealt with by CP0. Uh, meanwhile, Izo here just recently came off a fight with Kaido, uh, took some additional hits from some goons shortly thereafter, and takes one down. That's very impressive, Izo. I guess he's just a step above your average goon. Yeah, I mean, the the Whitebeard Pirates have been built up for a long time, and I'm pretty glad that Oda hasn't made them drop off completely, you know? It's, sure, it's but Izo's like the commander of the 13th Division. <laughs> That's uh, quite a few runs down the ladder. Okay. I guess it doesn't necessarily equate to power, but it seems like it should. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yes, of course, but also Whitebeard, uh, he's not going to pick any chumps, right? Like, That's true. I mean, Izo just kind of came along for the ride after the Odin incident, but you're right. He wouldn't have been made uh, a commander if he was a punk, basically. Yeah, and there's also no guarantee that this dude is like... Well, I mean, he's down for now, for sure, but he'll be back, the uh, the masked person. Indeed. The fact that we don't really get to see his face kind of confirms it to me that he'll be relevant again in some capacity. Yeah. If only he had been using both of his hands, not <laughs> using one to hold up that mask all this time. Should just get one with straps. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, he'll he'll learn for next time. Indeed. Uh, but oh no, in addition to this mess that the one black eye, one white eye CP0 guy has going on, he also gets a phone call from uh, his other friend that's hanging out somewhere else in the castle. Uh, got new orders directly from the Gorosei. Apparently they want them to immediately kill Luffy, which uh, is a problem as far as this guy is concerned. Because uh, he's duking out with Kaido right now. <laughs> uh, a bit of a dangerous place to be, for sure. Literally impossible. <laughs> Everyone uh, agrees. Sure. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, not sure how they're going to do that. Maybe they'll just wait until the end of the fight. But uh, he does say at once. So that would not be exactly following the orders, now would it? Not to a T, that's for sure. But there's a lot of fire. It could take some time. Indeed. I'm sure they'll figure out some way. Luffy's as good as dead, is all I'm saying. 
R.I.P. <laughs> Quite. Uh, unfortunately, in my humble opinion, this does seem to lend credence to the idea that Luffy's devil fruit is the special one in some capacity, which I'm not much of a fan of. But uh, I have a certain amount of faith in Oda to not make it terrible. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but Drake is back up. That feels good. Um, he thinks he's gonna die, but yeah, must must be <laughs> all right. He's got big dreams and big hopes for before that, though. He has to at least take down somebody, apparently. I can understand that. I'm still not really sure where this man stands. He's basically on the world government side, but at the moment, just that just kind of means being against Kaido uh, in the interest of escaping. So, he's basically on Drake's side. Drake is on Drake's side, yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but he does seem to have like a certain amount of loyalty to the cause, because he could just use like people thinking he's dead as an opportunity to just leave. But instead, he's using what remaining energy he has to go after CP0 again. Yeah, I mean, he's, so. he's well, he's also talking about making his mark, basically. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he does want to make a name for himself, apparently by any means necessary. <laughs> guess so. And I guess that means murdering people who are technically on his side. Yeah, and kind of like above his pay grade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seems so. Now, that battle was off-screen, so we don't know to what extent, like, Apu getting the heck out of there <laughs> factored into his defeat. But, uh, I guess my complaint there is that we didn't get to see the fight. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good complaint to have, but mm-hmm. it's just gonna be the way it is. Guess so. Um, let's see here. Uh, the guy with the hat, still freaking out about that, uh, Elsewhere in the basement, I guess. Uh, Hamlet, back at it again. <laughs> I guess Odin or Oda just really loves drawing this guy because he pops up <laughs> more frequently than most characters. <laughs> I think Oda did say that he's his favorite uh, smile user. I don't blame him. Giraffes, pretty dope. It's a fun design, too. <laughs> like, this is goofy, and I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he is carrying uh, Usopp, uh, Kiku, and Kinemon to relative safety. Uh, Usopp's got his hand and fist in the air, really hyping up the ride. And uh, they're going to leave, I guess. Usopp um, loves leaving. This makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of his thing. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Wanda, Carrot, Nekamamushi, similarly, just kind of trying to go. Uh, and Zoro's not dead, at least not from a fall. <laughs> Can't see his eyes, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I guess that's really all we got on that guy. Uh, Grim Reaper situation unaccounted for, but Frankie did catch him, so no head trauma. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frankie. <laughs> Quite. Uh, then we pop in to the bath. Uh, the forehead floor inside the dome, where we chill with Nami and Zeus uh, and Komachio and the baboon. <laughs> There's, yeah, everyone's gathering together here. And Marco, for some reason. Well, what else is he supposed to do? I could have sworn the last time we saw Marco, he was like, oh, I gotta go check on something that I saw. And now he's just here with the baboons. Was the thing he saw dead animals that he had to go treat? <laughs> um, maybe it was uh, Otama, like, and her power. Maybe he noticed what she was doing, and he was like, "What? Huh?" Maybe. I might also have a backwards. Maybe it was Izo that noticed something. Because mm. um, Marco flew away carrying Izo, so I might have just gotten who was speaking mixed up. Is Marco, uh, like, a doctor or scientist or notably smart dude? I forget. 
Uh, he was the doctor of, well, one of many doctors of the Whitebeard Pirates. Okay. So, yeah, I could see him being like, what is her power? What is it doing? <laughs> Indeed. Why are all of these creatures uh, suddenly swapping sides? Yeah. But now he's gotten to the bottom of it. Good on you, Marco. Investigation complete. Yeah, but what would he do with this information? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But he's just chilling for the time being. Uh, Elsewhere, (laughs) we're just checking in with everybody this chapter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Big hole in the ground. Uh, Indeed, kid and law. Too tuckered out to uh, deal with the Kaido situation, if it comes to that. Uh, Sucks. Not terribly surprising, but they are really for real out of energy this time. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for their crews to carry them out, basically. Indeed. Get some more Beppo action. That's what we're really waiting for here. I'm desperate, man. Beppo versus Kaido confirmed. <laughs> uh, then, finally, we pop back up to like the final main conflict of this arc. Uh Back to Luffy versus Kaido. Uh, he's freaking out because uh, Big Mom is down. Oh no. Uh, then we get a very brief flashback to uh, when uh, Kaido first joined the Rots Pirates, uh, where it seems like at that time Big Mom was like sort of a mentor slash big sister. Uh, relationship with kaido i think that's pretty neat yeah that was surprising i mean i i like it i like that it shows that kaido had promise from the start you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i saw a reddit post today that pointed out they did like did the calculations based on like kaido's current age so how long ago that must have been uh and apparently big mom has already had 18 children by the time this con. Uh, this conversation is taking place. Oh my goodness. Indeed. Popping them out like no one's business. She does do it like it's her job, so... <laughs> she basically considers it to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Who oh boy. So, uh, that's neat. Kind of deepening the relationship between Kaido and Big Mom. Up until now, it just seemed like a bit of a rivalry between the two, but... It goes a little bit beyond that. Yeah, they've known each other forever, it seems. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. Many, many years. Yeah. I wonder how long they've been, you know, at the top, as it were. Because, like... Uh, Decades. Well, yes. (laughs) We don't know specifically, but... Yeah, but, like, Big Mom got her devil fruit power very early and was extremely formidable from the start. And, I mean... We know Kaido found King pretty early on, just based off of, like, age stuff and started building his empire. I guess so. I assume that must be after this, because Kaido didn't look 15 no. in that flashback. No, he was probably pushing at least 20 or or more, I would guess. And I would find it hard to believe if they were able to capture Kaido while he was in the rocks. So that's probably even after Roger died, I would guess. Oh? Well, maybe not. That was only 20 years ago. I don't know. I don't know when that would have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Timeline's getting confusing up in here. Well, maybe not. Hold on. We know that the God Valley incident was like 40-something years ago. Low 40s. So there's a fair gap of time after... The rocks went down and Roger died. That's like a 20 year period. So that pretty much checks out. <laughs> Any time in that 20 year gap made sense. Yeah, yeah. Works for me. Uh, but Kaido, real cross, real sad, actually, about this whole uh, <laughs> big mama situation. But uh, Luffy's not having it. He goes, Dear Fourth, just pounds Kaido with a Snake Man Hydra attack. Uh, Just calls him out. He's like, man, your ambition is pretty bad if it means that uh, the people of Wano are going to starve and die. So uh, he's going to keep smacking you with what he says is his final dear fourth. Uh, Keep coming at him with all his strength. 
Yeah, I really appreciate that Luffy starts hitting first and starts talking second. Like, <laughs> this is the time for that. This dude's been awful from the start. Luffy, like, finally actually is making progress in this fight, and he can get these words in edgewise, and it, it mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. off looking real cool. For the most part, they've been fairly even. Been a lot of give and take, but... Kaido is taking a lot of hits here, and he's very confused about where the attacks are coming from. So, uh, this is a good edge for Luffy to take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kaido's distracted right now, particularly. Uh, Indeed, that's true. And we, I don't know if we know much about Kaido's uh, observation hockey, but we know uh, Luffy's is pretty <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> Indeed. I think we know that Kaido has observation hockey... I assume he doesn't have the future sight like Katakuri does, because I feel like it would have come up yeah. <laughs> by now. Agreed. Uh, plus, he had to be like calm, according to Katakuri, to be able to use it, but it doesn't seem to jive with his like drunken club style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tears in his beers doesn't really uh, lend to calmness. No, but uh, maybe Kaido's just better at it. Who knows? Uh, but yeah. I think with this, we're getting to the the real-for-real climax. Just this and the CP0 thing to deal with and getting everybody out. And, of course, the island is going to like fall or not, depending on what Momonosuke does. But this is the last fight, or so it seems. So it seems, indeed. <laughs> Luffy does say here this is his final Gear 4th. And I think it would be a little bit odd if he took down... I mean, he's gotten stronger, of course, but if he used the same form to take down Kaido as he did Katakuri in his last arc. So uh, maybe we actually are getting a a Gear 5th imminently, or Awakening, or something. Uh, I'd love either of those. Hell, give me Gear Reverse. I don't care. (laughs) Gear Negative (laughs) 1. Gear Neutral. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Luffy will figure something good out, no doubt. Uh, But I think that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on this chapter. I don't believe there is a break next week, which would make the next chapter March uh, 5th? 5th? It's either 5th or 6th. I don't have my phone on me to double check that. I usually have these things planned out in advance. But uh, we'll just go with the 5th. And if I'm wrong, then uh, no, I'm not. So there you go. Yeah, easy. Indeed. And I believe that takes us into the reread segment. All right. Like you said, 501 to 511. Uh, this is from the crew flying in to the crew flying away. <laughs> Indeed. To when they all die. Yep. It's... Nuts. End of series. Yep. And then we're halfway there. <laughs> um, so uh, we're, we're starting off at the auction where everyone is trying to gather and save Kami. Uh Nami has a pretty dope moment where she doesn't even bat an eye at spending up to their like total 200 million for Kami if it comes to it, which makes sense. Like obviously she's not heartless, but it's a lot of money. Uh, agreed. I've seen people point to this in the past and call it out as either out of character for her or a moment of growth. And I don't really think it's either of those things. I think it's just reinforcing like, existing characterization for Nami. Yeah, we've seen this. Her greed isn't out of the desire to hoard money. It's because she couldn't spend any money for herself for her entire gosh darn life. So now that she has some, she's able to spend it how she likes. So of course she would spend it to rescue her friend, right? Yeah, there's <laughs> no question about it. Very much in keeping with what we already know about Nami. So, well done, Oda. Tip my hat to you. Always good to see. Uh, And, I mean, of course, the second chapter here, 502, has uh, one of the most memorable punches in the series when Luffy decks uh, Charlos. Yeah. And it's, it's a fantastic moment. Love it. Love to see it. But also, like, 
I don't know. I see so much emphasis on the like punch itself that sometimes I forget how good the whole chapter leading up to it is, you know? Uh, you mean the build up with like a uh, Luffy charging in? He's like, "All right, I'm here. Time to immediately save Kami with no regard for the consequences." And then Hachi gets like beat down by the crowd and such, and then shot, and all that takes place over like several pages. So it really builds up to the uh, the climatic moment. Yeah, I mean, it also like it it starts with a dude literally biting his tongue off to try to kill himself to avoid this uh terrible fate and like Mm -hmm. yeah i don't like charlos immediately takes away all hopes that we have of actually like getting out of this without of conflict Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. there's just there's so much um and of course luffy goes through a bit of like an emotional roller coaster he shows up he sees kami he's pleased as can be uh and then like you said hachi is shot and it's just you know a complete 180 as mm-hmm. as harsh as it can be it's just it's a really good chapter it it stands out among even you know how good one piece usually is <laughs> and i think like one or two pages after that uh the dude's dad uh saint whatever starts shooting and sanji hits the gun out of his hand right when yep. he could very easily have just like hit the guy and just put him down so i like to think that sanji is thinking in that moment if we attack two celestial dragons do they send two admirals (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not good (laughs) uh yeah i mean zoro was straight up willing to kill one of them which honestly actually i'm kind of surprised that charlos didn't die from luffy's punch because not only is it a punch from luffy but someone straight up says like this man hasn't been touched even by his father in all <laughs> his <true>. life. <laughs> Clearly a very squishy man. Uh, so I guess Luffy had to have held back at least a little bit. Uh, yeah, I imagine that was very difficult for him. <laughs> Quite so. Maybe that like bubble cushioned the blow somewhat. Sure. Yeah, I'll believe that. Built <laughs> yeah. um, in face shield. It's fine. Yeah. But like, like you said... Um, Sanji is the next straw hat to like confront one of the celestial dragons. Like they were not going to let it slide that he, I don't remember what they said, either assaulted or attacked him or something like that. But that is followed by Usopp's much braver and more forceful (laughs) attempt on one of their lives. (laughs) Indeed. He took him out in the best way he knew how. That, uh, Uh, that Usopp thickness. It's, (laughs) delightful um i really just bring that up because when luffy sees usopp land on this dude but first he just he couldn't be happier (laughs) he's just like oh it's usopp yay indeed finally made it making himself useful in the best way pretty great uh okay after that like law and luffy finally meet for real um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i don't know if i've ever felt more connected to luffy (laughs) Uh, is it because Beppo's there? It's because Luffy is so drawn to Beppo. He's just like... <laughs> uh, Law tells Luffy that the Marines are you know, already on their doorstep, basically, and Luffy can't do anything but focus on Beppo. <laughs> yep. When Robin fills him in on Law being a pirate, Luffy's just like, the bear too? Like, yeah, he's even the bear? He's he's part of this? Tell me tell me about the bear. And uh yeah, tell me more about Beppo. Yeah. He says I a lot. <laughs> he sure does. He's got like kung fu skills. Mm-hmm. Can't mm-hmm. use electro for some reason, even though all the other mates can. Yeah, not sure what's up with that. And he's uh, he's self conscious. <laughs> That's for sure. Poor fellow. He wears a sweet orange jumpsuit. Heck yeah, looks good. <laughs> Points all around. Um, Rayleigh gets something of a second introduction here. Like, of course, we saw him before, and he did some impressive things. But wow, this is quite a showing. Yeah, I guess with these new feats, I guess he probably could also defeat uh, the bull 
from the last jump. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is taking out one big bull more or less impressive than taking out a whole bunch of normal guys? I don't know. <laughs> he has a giant on his side. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't make him more powerful, but it it is pretty cool. All I'm saying is that in the fight between Luffy and Rayleigh at this point, it's inconclusive at best. <laughs> we need more data. Indeed. We're working on it. We'll get there. Yep. Chat back in with us about this next week. I'm sure we'll have an answer by then. <laughs> We've got our best minds on it, uh, <laughs> which is just you and me. So Yeah. <laughs> here we go. Um, but Rayleigh just, he gets to look cool here. You know, he's, he's uh, still trying to avoid detection at this rate. Which would be a feat in and of itself, but he's just—he's already fucked it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the government knows he's there, but Garp just decided not to report it. That's Garp for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Sengoku would have handled this in a slightly different manner had uh, that information been passed up the ladder. Well, that's that's why Garp's so important. <laughs> Indeed. Good old garb. Doing oh. doing God's work. Yep. So the the situation's a bit of a mess. Uh and we do we get tiny snippets of some of the other big players reacting to it. Um which I like because it just gives us a little like first snippet of how these characters will pretty much continue to be. Um like Bedge and Drake make the rational decision to like leave or they try to um it doesn't apu, exactly go as planned well no sure none of these sure. go as planned except for apu <laughs> apu does hang around to get information which is extremely fitting um hawkins believes in the heart of the cards which you know works out for him and aroge has a throwaway line like it's all just sure perfect and he gets beefy he does get That's beefy he does. yeah yeah and he smiles the whole way through it all Mm-hmm. Except for maybe when he was lasered through the shoulder. I don't think he enjoyed that part. <laughs> well, we see that from behind, so inconclusive, yeah, unfortunately. We can't, yeah, we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's neat. We don't know too much about Bonnie, like her personality. There's some weirdness going on with her backstory now, we know. But yeah. uh she's the most mysterious one. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm all the more interested in finding out about that after yeah, after going through this and being like, okay, that one's dealt with, that one's being dealt with, that one's relevant now, like except for Aroge, who's just kinda or Rogu, I have no idea how I'm supposed to pronounce this man's name. I don't know if this is correct, but I pronounce it Aroge. Aroge? Yeah, sure. Uh but I don't I don't know if he's ever coming back, so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, aside from him and Bonnie, all of the supernovas have had, like, their moment to shine, yeah. right? And Aruj is, like, in my mind, the least standout one. <laughs> so it's weird to me that he would be saved for last like this, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got, he he's from a sky island, so, like, maybe that will be relevant and in some way but then i would feel like he would have been tied in more throughout if it was gonna be some big thing but like oda can do what he wants man he seems to be like on at least neutral terms with kaido um people suspect that he's like friends with kaido in some capacity because he didn't get like attacked when kaido was about to try and kill himself by throwing himself off that island. Yeah. But uh, maybe Kaido just had more pressing matters. If he's about to die in his head, why bother killing a Rouge? Yeah. What, yeah, what is this young young whippersnapper to him? Exactly. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that man. But I can't, I don't expect too much out of him. I expect nothing. So we'll see. He was also kind of hyped up at the beginning of Whole Cake because he like took, he was stated to have taken down one of the uh, the sweet commanders, which was especially impressive at that time because even Luffy was having a real hard time with just Cracker. So that's something. But we've moved past that. So indeed, 
we've left like snack level behind <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. Uh, speaking of things we've left behind, Doflamingo pops in for just a second to mention Smile and be generally menacing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then our favorite trio of current Yonko beating fame shows off their powers for the first time, which is just mm-hmm. like a really nice introduction for Law and Kid. Um, yeah. It's also impressive how little things have changed since then in terms of attitude. Yeah, it's nice. Like, <laughs> Law is constantly complaining about being told what to do. Uh, kid's still brash, and Luffy is still the best. They're kind of sort of working together, but in the most salty way possible. And, it's uh, delightful. Luffy's looking silly all the while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Year three setback. Well, we've moved past that, too. And he seems to be getting better at it. I mean, I know he just blew up his arm there, but didn't last longer than, like, 30 seconds, it felt like. (laughs) Indeed. Big gains. Well done, Luffy. We also see that the man who bit off his tongue didn't actually die. Uh, We see him celebrating with the other, like, freed slaves in this little, little bit. Uh, yeah, they just put a Band-Aid on it, and he's good to go. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Chopper was there. He could do something. <laughs> That's true. That's the key to tongue injuries. Just swallow a bandage, and you're set. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just work its way wherever it needs to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the power of the digestive system, my friends. <laughs> Truly worse wonders. Especially in One Piece. <laughs> Uh, there is some talk of the One Piece, but, I mean, I'm not feeling daring enough to come up with some crazy theory for that right now. Uh, and then Kizaru arrives on his majestic steed, the Cannonball. (laughs) Indeed. He didn't need to fly onto the island like that. No. (laughs) So I'm forced to conclude he thought it just because it would be cool. And probably because he's lazy. Yeah, that's true. I mean... I don't know. Is it really less effort to balance on a cannonball than it would be to just fly over there himself? Well, the man's made of light, so it's not like he weighs anything. I guess so, but like... Yeah, I guess light doesn't have to center its gravity on top of stuff. And if it did need to, like being a Logia type, I almost feel like you could control where your center of gravity is. That's true. Hmm. Especially one made of light. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. You win this one, Kizaru. But I'm watching you. If you do anything that's not based in science again, <laughs> coming after you, sir. Please yeah, I'm don't sure, laser me. I'm sure you're ready. You're more than well trained up for this. Yeah, my, my hockey has been honed over many years. Yeah, yeah. You're the actual most defensive man in the world. Indeed. I could take down Sentamaru no problem axe or no axe mm-hmm. um yeah he just kind of wrecked shop across yeah. the island yeah i so i came to a really rough realization during this week's reread hmm. so like obviously i don't like kizaru like he's bad he's a jerk he kills many people um but if he was the protagonist of a series, or like maybe just not a dick, he'd probably be one of my favorite characters in fiction. I mean, yeah, he is like the kind of guy that you gravitate towards. Yep, yep. He's got big Gintoki energy. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then I had the thought that like, he he is still a really good character, whether he's good or bad. So I guess that means I I have to like him. So I guess I like Kizaru. <laughs> yeah, he's one of my favorites out of the Marines. Just a silly man. <laughs> yeah, he he gives off a very similar energy to Garp, just like chaotic, uh, chaotic neutral, chaotic good. I don't know. Just like I'm doing me. Yeah. I guess this benefits the Marines as well. But this is for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he should, by all rights, be like the strongest man who ever lived. Oh but God, yes. <laughs> he's a lazy man so i guess that limits it more than anything else he's doing fine in his current position any higher and he'd have to deal with all the like 
red tape and uh, answering Denda and Mushies correctly. <laughs> Indeed. The hard stuff. <laughs> I get it. Oh, I'm glad yeah, someone when does. His man, when his job is just like kind of kill indiscriminately, uh, he does it quite effectively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, his power is so cool. But uh, speaking of cool powers, Chapter 510 is a good one if you like people showing off their powers. It's kind of like a mini oars fight in one chapter where the Straw Hats take out a pacifista. Uh, yeah, that does a lot for showing off the Straw Hats to a certain extent. But uh, also kind of showing off, it's not, I mean, it's good that they took down that pacifista, right? Mm-hmm. But in doing so, it showed off how much of a hole they're in because it took all of them fighting at 100% with the session of Zoro, who was still pretty severely injured at that time, uh, to just barely take down one pacifista. Uh, and I think it was Sanji who noticed, oh, this is pacifista number four. I'm mm-hmm. sure that won't bite us in the ass immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, turns out it does. Uh, so not great for them (laughs) (laughs) no this this whole chunk but like more specifically like 510 to 513 really does a great job of showing how far the straw hats still have to go Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they have accomplished so much they've made quite the name for themselves um but you know one admiral shows up or a warlord i mean this one is kuma who is, is powerful beyond uh like knowledge it seems um but like either of them could have shown up and taken out the whole crew by themselves like they are still children uh hanging out with adults in the in the deep end here that's true just like you said they've done very impressive things up until now but just like a small sample of the world government's true strength completely overwhelms them yeah i i am like a real sucker for these group fights uh especially when someone is obviously at a disadvantage and others come to help them like whether that's futile or not uh so just everything here from uh brook and usopp attacking kizaru to like chopper immediately going into monster point without even thinking about it to luffy realizing just how screwed they are just really hit me like it is it's it's an emotional little bit here especially after everyone has been uh zooped Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the whole fight is incredibly chaotic with like sanji in particular just trying to run everywhere in an effort Mm -hmm. to protect everybody fruitlessly Mm -hmm. uh pacifistas all over the head in place like you said kuma swoops in and just kind of seals the deal <laughs> it's all it's all i mean thank goodness that kuma shows up right like yeah i mean it does work out for them in the end but they had no reason to believe that at the time <laughs> no no terrifying moment oh boy and uh that's that's kind of where we left it that's uh mm-hmm. about as good of a end point as we could hope for <laughs> pretty much uh sabandi's a brief one but it is Shot full of juicy, juicy goods that uh, oh yeah appeal to us in particular. Yeah, I feel like I could have talked about a lot of the things that like Rayleigh said for you know another hour or two. Like uh, <laughs> actually, we didn't even I, I skipped over this one. I guess um, when asked about like the Ponyglyphs and the Void Century, Rayleigh you know tells Robin and everyone that he does know. Uh, <laughs> But he also says that he and those of Ohara were too hasty. He, like, urges Robin to take her time and just, like, you know, go with the flow. And you'll you'll get there as you go along this journey. And, like, man, he's cryptic as all hell. Indeed. A lot of clues left there, for sure. Because mm-hmm. when Roger, like, arrives on Laugh Tale, he's like, oh, I guess we were too early, right? Right which would have been around the same time that O'Hara would have been wiped out, give or take. Robin's like 30 now. She would have eight at the time. So 
give or take. So maybe he means like literally in terms of time. It was too soon for them to be investigating that stuff. Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess O'Hara could have just figured it out, but it's not It's not like they ever got there. <laughs> they were getting close, though. Too close for the government's comfort, that's for sure. Yeah, so many <laughs> mysteries still. I do like that Rayleigh would have just told Robin if she really wanted to. It's like, I can tell you if you want. I don't recommend it, but... If that's what you want, lady, I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, that was a test, right? Like, I suppose so. Certainly a test of character, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but if you have nothing else, then we can move on to some bits. Uh, nope. I was also planning on touching back on Robin and Rayleigh, but then you did it on my behalf. So, congratulations. Got it. Uh, I did not have very many funny moments in this one. Yeah, this like is a heavy two. one. I tried <laughs> I tried to find some, and I came up with a few. I got them. Uh, one of mine was uh, Usopp falling butt-first on a Celestial Dragon. So, yes. Uh, I mean, that is... Good. It's very good. And actually, right before the impact, uh, Usopp says, like, he never agreed to jump from his fish. <laughs> like, everyone else jumps and lands pretty coolly or does something on their entrance and he's just like ah no i didn't i didn't want this which is just perfect it's classic oops out yeah um while everyone else is freaking out about meeting the first mate of the pirate king brooke's sitting there like hmm there may have been <laughs> someone named gold roger yeah maybe not i don't know yeah brooke does predate roger it's fun to think about it yeah it's so weird this little mm-hmm little group of people uh and the only other one of particular note i had was like nearly at the very beginning uh sanji riding around with duval smoking three cigarettes while doing so because not only is the situation itself with tammy quite stressful but just being near duval <laughs> is no down an oppressive stressor oh and then yes. they like get to the end of that little like uh Oh, gotta find out where the auction is. Uh, mini arc type deal, and uh, Duval's trying to play it cool. Like, did I change direction when I found out the specific location of the grove? I've been heading there the whole time. I'm gonna make it first because that's what the captain does. But uh, he doesn't. No, <laughs> outpaced by the flying fish. <laughs> yeah, he was almost there. Yeah, um, almost speaking of cool them, moment. the the raiders though, I liked that their cheer keeps changing. Uh, as they try to find the best new fit for them. <laughs> Indeed. It's appropriate. Um, yeah. They're trying to rebrand themselves. <laughs> you got to feel it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final one is Frankie calling Sentamaru Axe Boy, and Sentamaru responds, Don't identify me by my weapon. Yeah, I've got like, a name. <laughs> yeah. I I won't, I don't want to tell you it, but like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. What I call you, like, weird robot hand cannon guy maybe (laughs) Maybe. but you wouldn't like it yeah (laughs) pretty good yeah let this be a lesson to you boys and girls (laughs) call people by their preferred names that's all i'm saying it's as simple as that indeed uh but uh sounds like you're done i am i am done uh did you mention which chapters we're going to be reading for the reread next week just about to. Yes. Uh, next week, we'll be covering chapters 514 through 524, which is the entirety of the Amazon Lily Saga. Um, so look forward to that. Uh, feel free to read along if you like. Uh, like I said before, uh, no break next week. I'm pretty sure that next Sunday is the 5th. Uh, <laughs> operating under that assumption until proven otherwise. Uh like I said, feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter, etc., via email to inheritedwillpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter to at inherited underscore will, or simply in a comment on the platform of your choosing. As always, thanks for listening. Till next time.